Welcome guys to part two of our interview with Nicole. Again, if you missed part one, I'll leave a link down below if you want to check out that episode first before jumping into this one because I've been holding a question in since Friday. So this episode's going to hit the ground running. Let's go ahead and get started. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. So you mentioned like the whole like social media and the, the cold calling and stuff. And like what I'm picturing in my head, at least, like, do you have a cap of how many um, like recruits you can have under you? No, no, as okay, many so... as many as we can handle pretty much, which is nice. So, and so I feel like it's like a like a hustle kind of feel like you, like you work as much as like as much as you want to work, like the harder you work, the more PTAs and P- like therapies you can get underneath you, like the mm-hmm. more money you'll make, I'm assuming. Pretty much. Yeah. We work off of a commission. So, you know, I get a a certain amount, um, dollar amount per hour of the traveler that I have. Um, And that's how I make my money. So, you know, also it's learning, you know, I have a little bit more sympathy for those, you know, annoying calls that you get, you know, every single day or, you know, from recruiters that are like, hey, I have this job for you. I have this job for you. I'm like, okay, now I know why they're doing that because that's how they make money. So, you know, forgive us when we're calling you or if you're annoyed with us, like that's why and that's how we make money, Um, you know, kind of a thing also with referrals. So a lot of times, you know, you'll have companies that say, hey, like send me any referrals. Do you know anybody that wants travel therapy? Like, you know, we pay, you know, up to a thousand dollars for referrals, um, you know, 500 for assistance and a thousand for evaluating therapists. And, you know, that's how you get more under your belt too, is people sending them to you. So, you know, I've found that, you know, just really trying to build my reputation and, you know, my brand, so to say, um, you know, as a recruiter and just kind of, you know, be trusted and, and, you know, get my name out there as a trusted recruiter, um, and somebody who's going to understand you is, is really, you know, part of the hustle, so to say, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, you know, I, people ask me, actually, I get probably more questions about, oh, how do you like being a recruiter versus, you know, you know, wanting jobs or, you know, that's, that's more of a response that I get of like, oh, like, that's really cool. I was thinking about doing this, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, to be completely honest, like it's a pay cut at first. Like I'm working at a pay cut, a pretty significant pay cut, Um, you know, but that's where I make it up with travelers, you know, and that commission. So it's definitely a hustle for me right now in in trying to make up that to get up to where my PTA pay was. But, um, you know, it'll happen with time. I have, I have all confidence in myself. So, um, but it's, it's definitely, you know, you got to be prepared for it and and ready for that. You know, it's, you're not going to come in making the big bucks, but if you work hard and, you know, really, you know, like you said, can put in that hustle and, and the time into it, it's going to pay off in dividends and um, make some good money. So, yeah, I definitely yeah, feel you, you on that whole uh, other side. Sorry, Laura. Um, oh, no, you're <laughs> sure. um, Like the whole other side of things. So I so I do PTA, but I'm also a marketer as well. Mm-hmm. And just looking at that other side of the window, I suppose, like you start understanding a lot more like, okay, I can see why people do this. People like just kind of come in randomly, show up. Like you're trying to put your brand out there. You're trying to put your name out there. And like you said, like a big part of that is trust. And definitely with you having that background of being a PTA and living in those shoes, I feel like definitely goes a long way to, to helping other people come into this, the same field and to travel uh, therapy. 
yeah, I definitely, you know, I, I embrace it. I know that I'm now one of those annoying recruiters that reaches out to people <laughs> and, you know, and I, I love that you admit it though. I love you know, it. I love yeah. that you embrace it. Cause <laughs> I, you know, I still get, I got one today. I got a text and a call, like a voicemail. And I was like, well, he's working on his list, but you know, he was like, you know, oh, we've had contact with you before. And I'm like, yeah, you probably had contact with me in like 2019 because I've only worked with Pioneer. I'm like, you're deep in your list, bud. Like, <laughs> you are you, deep you, in your you call trying list. Trying to find yeah. what yeah. you are. <laughs> you're scraping the <laughs> bottom of the barrel for some people right now, <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. But, um, you know, when I get someone that's like, no, I'm not interested or, you know, stop calling me, I, you know, my reply is like, look, I've been there. I was a PTA. Like, I I get that I'm in one of those annoying recruiters. Like, I'll take you off our list. No problem. Like have a good day, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. Like I, 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 I totally it. own yeah. up to it, you know, kind <laughs> of a thing just to, you know, partly show that I'm human, but you know, I also get it, you know, I, yeah. I'm not trying, I'm not out here to try and annoy you or, you know, blow up your voicemail or anything like that. You know, just, just trying to, to find people jobs. That's all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you never know. Like, that's the thing too, is a lot of, like, I know for a fact, honestly, until we did this podcast, me and Ken, like, knew nothing on travel. We knew nothing how to get into it. Nothing. But, you know, we've talked to a lot because that seemed like a lot of people were interested. And there's so many people coming out of school, at least out here in Nevada. And I think the downfall for us is we need those 2,000 hours mm-hmm. um, in Nevada to start working right away, like, on your own. So, like, a lot of those skilled nursing and uh hospitals don't really take on new grads so you don't really think about that kind of you know hey let me go to home health or let me try traveling because of the fact that in our mindset kind of going through school is like okay I gotta get my 2,000 hours and then I can like get going which is not the case for all states and so like you can do traveling right off the bat Um, and so I, I think for us like we knew nothing really of it and how to get into it. So you yeah. never know. Like someone might be like, yeah, I kind of heard about it. I was always interested. And that one cold call could make the difference between having now a good partner for, you know, a couple of years of them traveling and you working with them. So um, Absolutely. you never know. Yeah, It's kind of like know. one of those hidden secrets. It's like a not so secret secret, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the therapy, they don't really talk about it in school as like, you know, an option kind of a thing. Like I found out through friends, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And, and, you know, when you tell people like, Oh, I'm a travel therapist. They're like, Oh, you mean like nursing? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. Like just exactly, therapy, pretty much. Yeah. you know, same thing. Yeah, they're sure, like, Oh, I didn't know not. you could do that. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, you know, you make good money and you get to travel around. And I always said it was like interviewing for the place I wanted to settle or like live in too. You know, like if you've always wondered what California's like, get a travel job in California and come out and see, like, you're not putting roots down. You're not signing a five-year contract or anything crazy, you know, to work for a company, like three months and you're done if you hate it, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a great way to just kind of explore and see what you like and where you might want, might, might want to live or not. And I'm, I'm pretty indecisive sometimes. So it was a good <laughs> option for me. Kind of sample, it was a good sample job. Like, a yeah. like, all right, let's see what's over here. And, Dude, I wish I would have known that earlier on. I would have done it in a heartbeat before I bought my house. But like like you said, like at least in Nevada, like it doesn't really even cross our mind because of those 2,000 hours. Like home health and travel, like two things almost off the table immediately from when you graduate. Yeah. Which is crazy. I actually didn't know about that. Yeah. Nevada, we have a 2,000-hour rule for PTAs. 
Um, you have to hit 2,000 hours before you can of direct supervision before you can just be supervised, general supervision. Interesting. I feel like yeah, that's kind stupid. of a pain, but... Oh, it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's dumb. It's stupid. I think we're the only Even... state that has that. Uh, no, there's a couple other I think we decided when we I looked into we were... it. It's like one or two. Yeah, it was I weird. That was the other way. I thought we were looking at it like, nope, no, no one else has specifically 2,000 hours. Like, I, I suppose I could see the benefit, but like, that like. also sounds like a pain if you're actually yeah. living it. Like, yeah, like I could see like three months, maybe. Three months. Yeah. But like, that's what clinicals are supposed to be for. Exactly. But it's, it's a rule that they're trying to drop out here, but who. I've been hearing that, that since I've been, I was out of school. Since I was a tech, since I was, went to school, and since I've yeah. graduated, it's been talked about, and it's, it's been never talked happened. about. Yeah, so we'll see. Well, speaking of those state laws, like, do you have to be familiar with those state laws, Nicole, at all? Like, between different places, or just it's more or to the Google. PTA's discretion? Like, hey, you're going to be going to Oregon. I need you to brush up on their state laws. Yeah. Um, so a lot of states actually, when you apply for licensure, they have a jurisprudence exam, which is. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long term for a law exam, which is like the state practice and the laws of the state. California's is notoriously difficult. It's proctored. Mm-hmm. You have to go into a testing center to take it. It's difficult. I failed it uh, the first time I had to take it again. Um, it's it's not fun. But Nevada's uh, is a take home quiz. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Washington and Oregon are basically those two. And they're like, you get a question wrong. And they're like, oh, here's where to find the answer. Try again. Like, yeah. <laughs> California's right like, now. no, you need to be proctored. Like, you feel like you're taking your boards again. It's like, oh, yeah, I think I think Arizona's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few states that have like proctored exams. I think Florida's another one, too. And um, so that definitely helps, you know. And it's a good thing because you don't want to go into a state you know, where in one state you can do a modality as a PTA and another state you can't, you know, and then you try and go to, you know, that kind of thing. So that way you don't get yourself into legal trouble either, which is good. Yeah. Nobody wants that. Um, but it's mostly up to the traveler, you know, obviously to know that, like, you know, as a recruiter, I'm not held liable or anything like that for anything. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. We had a, we were talking to someone one time. And they were saying that they knew someone who petitioned to do dry needling as a PTA because technically their state licensure says nothing about it. And so they petitioned and got were able to get certified and do dry needling as a PTA. However, I know California, that is out of the questions even for PTs. <laughs> so yeah. like knowing the different laws are important uh, information to not get Definitely. yourself in trouble. Definitely. Especially if you're going from a state where you can, you know, do those things. Like if you were dry needling in one state and then you go to California, like all, like that's a big shock, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You don't want to be the one who be like, oh, by the way, let's do this. And everybody's like, say what? (laughs) You can't do that. You can't do that. What do you mean? Uh, And then they get mad because they can't do it. And so um, that's a good point, Ken, of uh, bringing that up. Yeah. I had a question. Give me in. It's, it's why end do you of keep day right now. This, this is why I'm writing stuff down. Yeah, well, you're smarter <laughs> than me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, my question was uh, for those looking to going into being a recruiter, what advice would you give them? Um, I would say know your company um, for sure. You know, do your research. Obviously, I had good experience with Pioneer um, 
And actually what I interviewed, I told them, you know, it's pioneer bust. If I'm going to make this transition, like I don't want to work with another company. I know how mm-hmm. you all operate. This company has grown so much in just the five years that I was even a traveler with them um, and continues to grow, which is, you know, great. Um, you know, and it's just a family. And I, you know, I just, I knew that this is where I wanted to go and it was kind of a one-stop shop for me. So I guess that's makes me a little bit unique in my situation, but I would definitely, you know, if you've worked with the company before and you know them and they've done well by you, then I would consider them. If you haven't worked for that company, you don't know, um, you know, how they've been definitely, you know, reach out to travelers that have, see how they treated their travelers, see how, you know, what their experiences were, that kind of stuff. Cause there's definitely shady recruiters out there and there's shady companies mm-hmm. and there's companies that just see you as a dollar sign, you know, kind of a thing and, and not as a human and, you know, that's, that's picking up their life every three months and moving, you know, potentially to another state. Um, you know, so you just, you want to make sure that, you know, ethically, you know, you're picking a good company that, that you're going to stand by too, you know? Yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah. I feel um, like that's a good, uh, like way to live from just like any, and from just from working as a PTA to recruiter to just anywhere, just make sure you like where you work and ethically, like align with what you believe in. I feel like that makes you love what you do a lot more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then my other question for you on just being a recruiter itself. Now, if you did want to start treating again, but you're like, I don't want to go back full time. Is there an option as a recruiter to kind of go part time and do half and half? Um, Have you even talked about that? Um, Not that I know of with pioneer. Um, I wouldn't want to right now anyway, because I feel like I mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to give 100% to my travelers either, you know, kind of going back to the, you know, ethics and, and how you want to be treated by your company. You know, I don't feel like I can give everything to them. So um, I'm definitely going to do, you know, just part time, like PRN weekend work or something like that, you know, just to kind of keep my skills up and, um, you know, keep treating because I do miss treating patients. A little um, extra cash here, there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, there's some days where I'd be working home health. I'm like, man, if I could just work PRN, like, it'd be cool if I could just see, like, three patients a day or something, you know? Like, I feel yeah. like I would give so much better treatment than having to see, you know, six or seven patients every day or, you know, more in the sniff or, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's like, you know, I think that'll get, give me the best of both worlds, really. Uh, I think I got 16 patients on my docket for tomorrow. Oof, I don't miss those days in the sniff life. Yeah, mine's luckily outpatient now. So oh, or outpatient. I mean, I guess uh, at least somewhere. they come walking in, though. Yeah, that's true. True, but seeing multiple at one hour can feel like a juggle at times. Yeah. And then when you, when you're so used to it and you drop down to one and you're like, I'm bored. Yeah. What, what else? <laughs> my, definitely, if you don't have like a talker or someone who's just like kind of dead face and they don't want to chit chat and they just want to get in and out and you're just like so cool yeah how about that baseball game last night you watch it no okay uh music no you don't listen to that. do you like anything <laughs> right i feel like i because one of my clinicals was outpatient and I felt like I struggled the most with like the time management of it. Like I would always go over on patients. Like I would get me like, Oh, I really need to like do this deep tissue. And like, you know, I would get carried away. And it's like, before you know it, you're like an hour deep with the patient. And they're like, you need to move on. I'm like, ha. Like, <laughs> it's like, I've only been here for five minutes. Oh no, never mind. 
Yeah. I, I gotta My go. internal clock for 10 <laughs> minutes is amazing. I will tell you that. I can I can get a 10 minute off the bat. Because 10 minutes you're on that bike and I'm getting you off of it. Yep. I'm Absolutely. Like, oh, that bike. That, oh, it's nine minutes and 56 seconds. All right. I'm going to stand here for the next four. Yep. <laughs> Got really good at it. Um, but my next question, and I don't know if Ken, ha- do you have any more on just being a recruiter, Ken? Before um, I do have one. Um, being like as the recruit now the recruiter, is there any like big hurdles um, for the recruits that you come across on pretty often? Like are pre- people pretty worried about where they're going to live? Are they worried about like the new... Um, like work environment, PTs, is there anything that kind of comes across often or is it just like everybody's a little bit different? Some people are worried about, oh, I want to be an inpatient or some people are, I want to be an outpatient or things like that. I would say the biggest hurdle with um, recruits or travelers is, you know, not being flexible and they're like, I need this pay in this location, this setting, you know, and that you know, that's what we call a unicorn job in the industry, in the recruiting industry. Um, you know, and it's like, I'm probably not going to find you that job. I mean, I might. It might be there. I'll try. I'll try. But, like, your percentage of me finding you something is going to, you know, you're going to end up kind of disappointed because I'm not going to be able to find you anything, mm-hmm. you know, kind of a thing. So I would say that's probably the biggest struggle is when you have someone that's, like, very rigid in what they want. Um kind of thing yeah that's what i would say is probably the biggest hurdle sounds good i don't know laura if you had no my next question just kind of is uh for those being a recruiter what advice would you give those who are looking to become a traveling pta so that's a great segue because flexibility I would say the biggest thing that you can, the best thing that you can do as a traveler or, you know, a potential traveler is to be flexible. We say, you know, between setting, pay, and location, you want to be flexible with at least two of those, right? To be able to have good chances at finding a job and being a successful traveler, you know, at least in finding the jobs, right? Not Mm -hmm. necessarily as a PTA or a therapist, Um, you know, so if you're like, I want, you know, San Francisco, then, you know, you need to be flexible on the pay that you're going to be getting and you need to, you know, try and be flexible on, um, you know, your setting, you know, kind of a thing. Or if you say, I want to work at a hospital. Okay. Well, that hospital might be in the middle of Kansas. Are you okay with that? You know, kind of a thing. So you got to be, you know, (laughs) flexible on some of that. Everybody else can't see Ken. Ken was shaking his head. No, no, I'm not. no. So that's why I'm not. I just started laughing like it was just it was perfect timing. No one could see the video, but it was funny. So I would say like that's that's my best advice to any travel any traveler, whether you're currently traveling or looking into it, is stay flexible, and then mm-hmm. you know we'll be able to find you that job, uh, and you'll be happy and have those experiences that you're looking for. Um, kind of a thing and just you know communicate with your recruiter you know we're here to help you but if you're not telling us the full story or what you're looking for you know I can't help you you know if if you're not telling me what you want so if if they have like an issue with the setting do they come to you for with those issues 
Yeah, typically, yes. You know, if they're having an issue, um, you know, also as a recruiter, we kind of wear the hat also as, as your representative, so to say, right? Because we're kind of the middleman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the facility that you're working at would pay Pioneer and then Pioneer pays the traveler, right? So, yeah. you know, you can go to your DOR, you know, and try and settle, you know, I, as a traveler, I would go and, you know, if I had an issue and, and talk to the DOR first, and then if that's an issue or, you know, it's coming from upper management or something, I would reach out to my recruiter and say, look, hey, this is what they're saying. You might get an email from them or a call or, you know, whatever. This is why my productivity has been lower or, you know, so on and so forth. So we're definitely the middleman and, and we're here to advocate for you as well. Um, yeah. You know, so if, if you're, struggling with the productivity or they're trying to ask you to do something that you feel is a little sketchy or you know you don't feel comfortable with it like we're here to be like no they're not going to do it like you know kind of a thing and this was not part of the deal yeah pretty much (laughs) that they agreed up on and we got the contract that says that um yeah no that totally makes sense and I, i would assume like having a good relationship with your recruiter too being both respectful and um, you know, just in communication, like you said, is, is also going to help with any situation that arises. Yeah. The, so tips for travelers that want to get into it. Um, a few other things that are really important is finding your recruiter too, right? There's a lot of companies out there and not all of them are great. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just like there's, you know, healthcare companies out there then not all of them are great, right? So Mm -hmm. you want to find yourself, you know, we typically say in the travel industry, you want to work with like two to three recruiters. I personally only worked with one because if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of situation. (laughs) I hope to be that situation for all of my travelers, but, you know, I understand. But, you know, you got to surf the market too and see, you know, another you know, travel company might have an exclusive contract with a hospital that you're looking to go to or something like that, too. So, um, you know, it's good to have a few under your belt that you're working with, but also going back to communicate with your recruiter. Make sure your recruiter knows that you're working with, you know, these two other companies because the biggest thing, too, and this is where it gets into kind of, you know, some potentially, you know, some sketchy situations is some recruiters will submit you for a job, which means we send your resume over um, to that company, you know, to see if they want to interview you for the job. Um, they'll submit you without you knowing. And, mm. you know, that's something at Pioneer we never do. You know, we're always transparent. I, you know, I will ask you and make sure I get a yes, like, at least twice before I, you know, <laughs> are you sure you want me to submit you to this job kind of a thing? Because if Okay, I'm get, submitting you, right? <laughs> yeah, could, because if you get submitted by, you know, company A, and then Pioneer submitting you to the same job, and you ha- you're submitted, you know, your resume is in there twice from two, two different companies, it's kind of a conflict of interest, and it looks bad, you know? So mm-hmm. you want to make sure that you're not getting you know, that rap necessarily, or that look, you know, you want to make sure you know what's going on, where your resume is going and when, um, and to make sure, you know, so that I know not to try and submit you to that job because you've already been submitted by another company, um, yeah. kind of a thing. So it's really important, um, to, to know your recruiter, have a good relationship with them and trust them, um, which is huge. And something that like is one of my goals as a recruiter, especially as a PTA turned recruiter, 
because uh, I've heard horror stories and you know people get ghosted by their recruiters because they just you know they'll just stop talking to them and you know that's frustrating when you're trying yeah. to you know you have a job and you picked up your life and moved out you know five states away and you know you have no friends or family out you yeah, know near your support you support system is and there. your support system is your recruiter and they're ghosting you well that's like you don't know what's going on you know kind of a thing so you know that's definitely one thing is make sure you trust your recruiter um and then um also with pay packages sometimes companies will bait and switch you and that's super frustrating you know as a as a traveler as a pta and um as a recruiter it's frustrating yeah. because a it's driving up the market and it's giving you know ptas travelers an expectation that they can get x amount of money when really a company is saying hey we can give you you know three grand a week and then you call them and they're like hey you know you're hey i'm interested in this job blah 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 and they're like oh i'm sorry you know they they get you sold on it get your resume all of that and they're like oh i'm sorry you don't have enough experience we can only get you two thousand dollars a week or something mm. you know and Jeez. Let me preface so that I don't sound like I'm bait and switching. A PTA can probably never make three grand a week. So, you know, if it sounds too good to be true or you see a job that's posted for a travel company that looks too good to be true, it very much likely is and is a bait and switch. Yep. And then if you do get that dream contract, you know, and, and it is legit, make sure you get it in writing, you know, absolutely get it in writing and make sure everything is, you know, kosher and laid out for you. A good recruiter will do that. If your recruiter is not doing that, they're not a great recruiter. Um, something is up. So you definitely, you know, you just got to look out for yourself and advocate for yourself to an extent as well. Because um, they're out there and it's unfortunate when you hear a traveler that's like, well, I heard I could get this much, um, you know, from this company. And then, you know, you you don't. Um, hmm. It's you know, and then you can't, you're like, you have to break it to them. And you're like, I'm sorry. Like, that's probably a bait and switch. Like, I can't, I can't get you that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're like, this. let me know, send me the contract. I want to see this. Cause yeah. then I know I can be asking for that much from other companies too, you know? So it's, yeah. no, you, you definitely have to be careful. Um, and that's, you know, like I said, I'm trying to to put myself out there as one of those trusted recruiters, um, you know, and, and, you know, have Pioneer as, as one of those trusted companies too. Like, we're never going to do that to you. You know, we're going to be upfront. We're going to be completely transparent with everything through the whole process, you know, and not trying to hide or, you know, bait and switch you or, or anything like that. You know, we want you to have the best experience as a traveler as possible and live your best life, you know, yeah, you want no, to work absolutely. for everybody. You don't want to make people pissed off. Because then they're just not going to come back to you anyways. Exactly. So, yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, I know we completely went over that time. Every See, time. I told you. Every single time. Every time. <laughs> every single time. We end up just, too, like I said, we, you, it, which is all great. We we enjoy these so much, honestly. I learn, I learn so much from every single person that comes on and... Uh, you have been absolutely amazing, by the way. And thank you for being so transparent, too, honestly. Um, was there anything else? I know we were kind of at that point. But anything else that you want to make sure that, you know, you get out there or you want to say uh, 
uh, you know, that you haven't already or so want to add to? One more tip that I would give yeah. um, is because traveling, you're, you're like you're moving around, right? And um, taxes, taxes can be ah. rough as a traveler, right? So <laughs> talk to uh, my next best advice would be talk to a tax professional before you start traveling. Um, we always recommend traveltax.com. Um, a little plug there, but they, I, d- I personally did my taxes through them this last year and they've been incredible, but they specialize in travel tax. And I've learned that not all accountants do that. Um, initially, when I started traveling, I tried to do um, TurboTax and I feel like my returns <laughs> got totally messed up. So it was like, you know, we because, don't know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, because you're dealing with taxable and non taxable income, right? So how travelers make their money or extra money, so to say, right, is through non-taxable stipends. So you're only mm-hmm. getting taxed $20 an hour. So the government only, you know, sees that you're making $20 an hour taxable. Well, then you're getting housing and meal stipends. That's how you're making most of your money. Um, you know, talk with a tax professional. You have to have, you know, your tax home, and there's a bunch of rules on that, um, you know, as far as how often you need to go back to your tax home so that you're not abandoning it and, all that kind of stuff. Um, so definitely I didn't talk. Even know you had to go back to your tax home. Yeah, they. You typically want to go back at least thirty days throughout a calendar year. Like you, it doesn't have to be consecutive, but um, thirty days uh, you need to be back in your tax home. So you know, so that you're not abandoning it, and then you gotta be able to have receipts and stuff like that, just in case you got audited and. Um, Wait, you know, what travel. happens if you abandon it? Now I'm curious. Do you well, know? Then, well, I think then you <laughs> technically become... Um, Are you, you know, homeless? You're stateless? Well, you become more permanent in the area that you're in. Uh, oh, yeah, you're so good. then you'll oh, end okay. up getting taxed on that non-taxable income, and then you kind of end up getting you know, screwed yeah. because um, all that non-taxable income that you thought you were getting, you're going to get taxed on at the end of the day. So, so if you get really smart, you end up moving to somewhere like Nevada or Texas that's got no state income tax <laughs> and that becomes your home base and then travel from there. There you go. Yeah. You, but you got to make sure, you know, like I, you know, like wrote up a rental agreement with my mom to rent a room out of my mom's house and that was my tax home right your permanent residence and then you're traveling and then you know there's rules like you can't stay in one geographic area for more than a year because then you're considered permanent so there's a lot of different rules and things I probably I will be the first to admit I probably didn't follow them 100% um (laughs) so let's just hope I don't get audited but um, <laughs> it was learning curve. We'll just call it that. Yeah, it's definitely a learning <laughs> curve. curve. So that's why I, you know, talk to Travel Tax. You know, they do free consultations. You can just call them and ask them your questions. And you know, I think that's the best way to do it because you you want to make that's sure smart. you have all your ducks in a row before you you know basically put your put a bullseye on your back for the IRS. You know. Yeah, and I think that's awesome too because like doing it up front. I never thought about doing it before you actually start traveling. But it makes sense because then you can really see, like, okay, this is how I can maximize my money because this is what's really going to be taxed, Um, which sometimes I feel like that can be hard to kind of understand when you just get a paycheck. Well, and 
and also planning you know as a traveler you typically have to plan like your life you know three to six months ahead of time because when you're signing that contract you know as recruiters we're going to ask you what's your time off you know do you have Mm -hmm. any time off well if you need to go back to your tax home you know mine was indiana Uh, you know, for 30 days throughout the year, you're going to need some time off, or are you going to take that time off in between contracts? Can you afford that? You know, what, what does your take home pay need to be for that contract for you to be able to afford that? You know, there's a lot of things. You need to get a travel job within your tax state. Yes. Um, They say that there's this 50 mile rule. It's really popular. Uh, It's actually a myth. You don't have to be 50 miles away from your tax home but it has to be a non-commutable distance, right? So that can be different in San Francisco. Going 10 miles can be a non-commutable distance where going 10 miles in Indiana is a 15-minute drive, you know, kind of a thing or something. So a non-commutable distance away from your tax home is in order to be considered a traveler. Now, if you wanted to take a travel contract, um, you know, with us, we do have local contracts, but you're going to get taxed on all of that money. So you're, you don't yeah. get your stipends. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it as far as that goes too. And um, that's definitely something, you know, questions that get asked very frequently amongst travelers. Um, yeah. To I wouldn't have even thought about doing, like I said, the tax beforehand and that I feel like that would help so much bring so much mind at ease yeah um, absolutely. In a way before jumping into the deep end um but yeah that that was awesome um ken did you have any other additional questions that you want to ask um yes i got i'll do one more just one more quick one um just because i can had... keep going I know. There's, Let's go. And then once we finish, like we come up with even more. It's just, it's a mess. That's why we, yeah. These run so long. Because um, <laughs> we've had a couple, like Laura said earlier, like we had a couple traveler um, PTAs on. Um, any advice for like the negotiations? Because we mentioned like the stipends and the hourly pay and things like that. Like you have to be able to um, be flexible on a couple things. Um, sure. As far as like the stipend hourly can ptas and recruits be able to negotiate those things or it's kind of like set in stone like this is kind of what this place is offering and that's what it is um yes and no um so it, you know there's there's numbers that we look at on the recruiter side of things um that won't mean anything to the traveler um but there's guidelines that we stay in you know as a company we have to be able to keep our lights on right? So there's a certain yeah. overhead. Um, and, you know, so sometimes that's kind of the limit that, that I run into when building pay packages. Um, obviously, I want to try and get you as much money as possible. I've been there. I, you know, as a traveler, I want it, you know, you want that take home to be good, right? You want it to make it worth your while. Um, but there are some companies that just won't pay enough to get, get you or me to that magic number. Um, but there are certain ways, you know, on our side that we can kind of play with things a little bit. We can always try and go in at a higher rate for you. Um, but, you know, depending on how high we have to go, uh, you know, they could always reject you, you know? So once you go in at that rate and they say, no, like you can't try again, um, kind of a thing. So it's kind of a oh, fine okay. line, a little game you have to play um, to play around with the numbers a little bit. Um, there's definitely ways to do it within reason, you know, yeah 
you know, a little bit here, a little bit there that I can, you know, kind of play around with. Um, but other than that, it's, it, I mean, typically it's, it's somewhat rigid. So yes and no, I guess, you yeah. know, the, the famous therapy answer is it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely very famous. <laughs> um, I think that was the only other question I had for now. I don't know, Flora, if you had any more. Uh, no, I think for me, that kind of wraps up almost all my questions. I'm sure like, you know, or like we always say, we always think once later on too, but honestly, like it was really cool to see both kind of the both sides of being on it and then transitioning in and really kind of getting that good idea of what it's like more dealing with the contracts and getting the job versus the actual jobs themselves, if that makes sense. Yep. So um, it was definitely a very cool, unique thing. I really honestly wish I would have understand traveling a lot better when I was younger. Um, now it's hard when you got a needy puppy dog, which that's why I was on mute a second ago, barking at Amazon. Let them just deliver my packages, okay, Clifford? Uh, I hear you. <laughs> Mine does the same thing. <laughs> right? He doesn't bark, but man, Amazon opens that garage and he's like, excuse you. Um, but you know, to leave him at home. So I think it's awesome to kind of hear the difference and some tips and tricks and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, um, and I'm always here. If you guys do think of other questions, I'm happy to hop on another, you know, episode or story times later with, uh, you know, you might just need to share some recruiting info of, you won't believe what this person asked for. I feel like it might be some good times as you start to get into the job. Oh yeah, give me give me some some time. I'm sure you know. Or I was like, come up with some stories up. for my coworkers. Right? I was like, hey, if you guys all want to pitch together and put some stories in, you want to come on and do story time? Uh, please don't do this. Don't request this. Hey, we're down for that. We love a good story time. If you're flexible, I will probably not have a story about you. So, (laughs) (laughs) right there, you go. Putting it out there now. (laughs) This person's like, I want a hundred dollars an hour, and I only want to be working between two and four, and I must get off early at three thirty though. And you're like, what the what? Yeah. So you just want to pay not to? Huh? I'm so confused. Um, I feel like there's there's got to be someone out there like that. But, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up today's episode. Thanks again so much, Nicole, for coming on. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, This will probably get split into two, kind of like we were talking about earlier. So, uh, yeah, I think that kind of is it. So don't forget to follow us and like. Um, If you guys have any questions for Nicole, um, go ahead and reach on out. Nicole, are you okay if we put your information below? Absolutely. Please do. Give me a follow right. on Instagram too. You know, yeah. all the we'll, all the we'll plugs. We'll tag you in the post. Yep, yep. We'll tag you in the post and everything. And then we'll add your information to the description below. So if you guys are looking into traveling, you guys have some questions, you guys want to see if it's right for you. Uh, honestly, hit up Nicole. She's amazing. I've been talking to her for past week and a half and she's just great. So hit her up, um, but don't forget to like, follow, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. But I think that wraps it up. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Yes. No, thank you. All right. Bye, guys. All right. Later. Bye.
The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.